Allah says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Indeed, those people who believe. Who are they? Those who believe in Allah, His Messenger, all of His books. And who would you say these people are? الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا The Muslims. وَالَّذِينَ هَادُوا And those people who became Jews. Who are they? The Yahud. وَالصَّابِئُونَ And the Sabi'un. Who are the Sabi'un? Plural of Sabi'. There are many opinions about them. We learned about them in detail in Surah Al-Baqarah. But it is said that there are people who believed in Yahya a.s. Like the Nasara. They believed in who? Isa a.s. Yes, they believe in many other prophets as well. But they ascribe themselves to Isa a.s. That they are his followers. They mainly believe in him. Just like that, the Sabi'un, they were those people who believed in Yahya a.s. So, وَالصَّابِئُونَ وَالنَّصَارَى And the Christians. Allah says, مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ Whoever believed in Allah, وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ And the last day, وَعَمِنَ صَالِحًا And he did righteous deeds. He performed righteousness. Then, فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ Then no fear shall be upon them, وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ Nor shall they grieve. What do we see here? That iman and amal salih. Faith and good action. Correct belief and good action. These are the basis of what? Salvation. When a person has these two things, only then he can be saved. Only then he can be successful in dunya and akhir. Only then he can make it to Jannah. Because Jannah is the place where a person will have no fear, nor regrets. So who will make it there? The person who has amana billahi wal yawmil akhir wa'amila salihan. So it's not just mere association with a group of people that takes a person to Jannah. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions all the various groups over here and He said, from them whoever believes and does good action, He will make it to Jannah. Not every one of them, but who? The one who possesses these two qualities. Because when it comes to Muslims, what do we think? Well, we are Muslims. We believe in Muhammad wasallam. We believe in Allah. We believe in the Day of Judgment. We're definitely going to Jannah. Even if it means we'll suffer first in hellfire because of our sins, but eventually we'll make it to Jannah. Isn't this what many Muslims believe? Yes. And because of this, what happens? Because of this belief that I'm eventually going to make it to Jannah. I am going to paradise. That's what my mom told me. That's what my dad taught me. That's what I've learned. I am definitely going to Jannah. Jannah is only for Muslims. Because of this reason, what do we do? We neglect amal salih. We don't bother to perform good action. We don't pay much importance to it. Think about it. Analyze yourself. This is what we think. That I'm a Muslim. So I'm going to Jannah. So it's okay if I don't pray here or there. It's okay if I don't get along with my mom ever. It's okay if I have hurt somebody, if I have wronged them. They're non-Muslim anyway. They're going to hellfire. I'm going to Jannah. Correct? Because of this thinking, we allow ourselves to do many wrong things and we neglect amal salih. But what does Allah say? Who will make it to Jannah? Man amana wa'amila. The one who believes and he does amal. When you look at the Yahud, what did they think? نَحْنُ أَبْنَاءُ اللَّهُ وَأَحِبَّاؤُهُ We are Allah's children. We are His beloved ones. We're definitely going to paradise. So because of this reason, 
They also neglected Amal Salih. They neglected part of Iman even. They thought, doesn't matter if we reject Muhammad wasallam. Yes, we know that he is a messenger, but we're not going to believe in him. But you know what? We'll still make it to Jannah because we are the children of the prophets. We are the people of the book. We are the ones you know, who are the religious folk. So because of this, we're making it to Jannah. The Sabi'un, they had similar beliefs. We believe in Yahya doesn't matter what we do. Nasara, the Christians, what was their false belief? Isa died on the cross for us, for our sins. So do whatever you want. Just believe in Christ and do whatever you want. So we see that each group of people, you ask any person who believes in religion, what does he think? I am right, therefore I can do whatever I want. But what does Allah say? Who will make it to Jannah? Man amana wa amila. Iman and amal salih, both are required. When a person will bring these two things on the day of judgment, then he will have no fear and no regret. Then he will be saved. When do you have fear and when do you regret? Think about it. If you are at the airport, okay, and as you're checking in, you see that yes, you have your passport and you have your ticket. Do you have any fear? Any regret? No, you're confident. You're perfectly fine. And you tell yourself, yeah, I have my things. I have my passport and I have my ticket. So no fear, no regret. But if you're standing there and all of a sudden you realize your passport is not with you, you forgot it at home, then what happens? You have fear, I'm going to miss my flight, and you have regret. What was I thinking? Why didn't I bring it? Right? So the one who hasn't brought the requirements to get through, he will be full of fear and regret on the day of judgment. But the person who has fulfilled the requirements, who has brought these two things, iman and amal salih, no fear and no regret. Only such a person will be saved on that day. لَقَدْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ Allah says, certainly we took the covenant from the children of Israel. وَأَرْسَلْنَا إِلَيْهِمْ رُسُلًا And we sent to them messengers. Look at the word rusul, messengers, not just one. Many messengers were sent. Now which covenant is this? We have learned about this in Surah Al-Baqarah. We have learned about this in Surah Al-Ma'idah earlier as well. Many covenants were taken from the Bani Israel over various things. Such as in Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 83, we learn that part of the mithaq was, لَا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ You will not worship any but Allah. وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا And with the parents you will do, ihsan, and so on and so forth. In Surah Al-Ma'idah, Ayah 12, also we learn about a covenant that they had made. That they were to, أَقَمْتُمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَآتَيْتُمُ الزَّكَاةَ وَآمَنْتُمْ بِرُسُلِي You establish the prayer, give zakat, believe in the messengers, respect them, help them. And spend in the way of Allah. So various covenants were taken from them over a long period of time. So, لَقَدْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ What happens? You make a promise, you make a commitment with somebody, and you remember it, and therefore you observe it. Let's say for one month, for one year, for two years, for three years. But then what happens? You begin to forget. Even if it is written, you forget. And when you forget, you don't act on it. So what do you need? A reminder. Like for example, a person is working at a place. When they made their contract, they learned about certain things that they have to do, they agreed to do them, they signed over there. 
But what happens? They know they're supposed to come at a certain time, do certain things. But then after five months, they start coming late to work. They start leaving early. Or they're not doing their work properly. So what happens? They are sent a friendly reminder to please come on time, to please do your work. Is it because they're evil? And they're just very bad and they are very treacherous and they don't like to fulfill their responsibilities. Is it because they're evil? Not necessarily. They're human beings and they'll forget. Like for example, all of us know that on a certain date we have to pay our fees or that we have to do our lesson this number of times. For example, we know about it. When you came here, took the admission, you signed somewhere, you read over all the terms and conditions and everything, you know about it. But then what happens? You're a human being. There's so many things going on in your life, you forget. So then what happens? You are given a reminder. So just like that, the Bani Israel, when they forgot their covenants, what happened? Allah sent to them messengers. Why? To remind them. To remind them of the promises that they had made with Allah. And the messenger's responsibility was also to ensure that they were observing the covenant. They were observing the law. You know, for example, your group in charge, right? She reminds you. And then she follows up with you. But then sometimes what happens? If somebody is reminding us, we get offended. And if somebody is following up with us, we're like, why are you like stalking me? Come on, don't call me in my house. Why are you calling me? Why are you sending me an email? What's our problem? Like We may feel these things. That this is my life. Please, let's keep Al-Huda to Al-Huda. Let's not bring it to my house. Let's not fill my email inbox with it. And let's not fill my phone with it. So we might feel annoyed if somebody is reminding us. But remember that if somebody is reminding us, they're doing it for our own good. They want the best for us. This is the only reason why they're telling us. You think it's easy to remind somebody. It's not easy. To take time out to call someone, to take time out to send an email to them, to take time out and ask them, did you do your lesson? Make sure you do your lesson. To take time out and discuss that this is how you can do it. This is how you can do it. You think it's easy? It's not easy. Why would they do it? Why would they bother? Because they want you to get something out of what you're doing. They want the best for you. Parents, when they have to remind their children over and over again, they get sick of it sometimes. They don't want to remind their children. But why do they bother to? Because they want the best for their children. And we are very amazing people. What happens is that if somebody reminds us, we get annoyed. And if they don't remind us, we say, see, they never told me. They never send me a reminder. You know, if we're told, we get annoyed. And if we're not told, then again, we get annoyed. So what should the other person do? So anyway, the Bani Israel, the messengers were sent to them to ensure that the people observed the book, that the people remembered it. But what happened? Allah says, كُلَّمَا جَاءَهُمْ رَسُولٌ Every time a messenger came to them. With what? بِمَا With that which لَا تَهْوَى أَنفُسُهُمْ Their selves did not desire. لَا تَهْوَى From هَوَى Meaning, every time a messenger brought something that they did not want, that the people did not want to do, they didn't want to listen to, 
they didn't have any interest in it. Every time a messenger brought something like that, then what happened? Fariqan kathabu, a group of the messengers, they refused to believe. Wa fariqan yaktulun, and a group of the messengers, they killed. You know, it's like if somebody is reminding us of something, and we don't like it, we don't like what they're telling us, the one is that we just get annoyed. And the other is that a person gets annoyed and he refuses to listen. You know what? I'm not going to do it. Say whatever. I'm not going to move. Call me. Send me an email. Do whatever. I'm not going to do it. And then some people, they go to the next step, which is that they become violent. They don't want to listen. They don't want to be reminded. They get so offended that they say, whoever says anything that we don't like, finish them. Fariqan yaqtulun. They went to the extent of killing some prophets. So what's the lesson in this for us? That let's not repeat what the Bani Israel did. Rather, let's fulfill our commitments and promises that we have made with Allah and with the people. And if Allah, out of His kindness, He sends reminders to us, He sends people to us to remind us, to help us, let's not get annoyed. Let's listen to them, let's accept them, let's not refuse them. And let's not get offended. And also, that... What is it that makes people refuse to listen to others? When they don't like what they're telling them, right? When we are being told something that we don't want to do. Like for example, your floor is really dirty. And your mom tells you, make sure you do the floor today, clean it up. She leaves, comes back, and nothing has been done. And then she says, please do it, make sure you do it tonight. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And then she goes somewhere again, and then she sends you a message. Make sure you clean the floor. You're like, Mom, get over it. Why are you nagging me? Right? That's what we say. Stop nagging me. Stop telling me again and again. I don't want to listen. So, whether we like it or we don't like it, what has to be done, has to be done. So if somebody is reminding us, just do it and get it over with. So let's fulfill our commitments and do what we like and also what we don't like. The Bani Israel, they refused to do what they did not like. And if anybody told them to do what they did not like, they refused to believe in them. Like for example, Dawood He was a messenger, but they refused to believe in him. Till today, they believe that he was a king, but not a messenger. And وَفَرِيقًا يَقْتُلُونَ A group of the messengers, they killed. How many did they kill? Many, many messengers they killed. Isa salam they tried to kill. And they believed that they killed him. Which is why they were very proud of it, the Yahud especially, that we killed him. إِنَّا قَتَلْنَا الْمَسِيحَ In the Qur'an we learn about it. That we killed Isa salam. So they didn't actually kill him, but that's what they thought. So they were so proud of it. وَفَرِيقًا يَقْتُلُونَ وَحَسِبُوا And they thought. When they rejected the messengers, they killed some of them, they refused to follow the law, the covenants that they made with Allah, وَحَسِبُوا They thought, أَلَّا تَكُونَ فِتْنَةٌ That there will be no fitna. What is fitna? Test, trial, punishment also. Fatana literally means to burn. Like for example, you expose gold to extreme heat. Why? In order to mold it, or in order to clean it. In the Qur'an we learn, يَوْمَهُمْ عَلَى النَّارِ يُفْتَنُونَ 
when they will be burnt in the fire they'll be punished in the fire so fatana literally is to burn and from this the word is used for punishment also over here it means punishment so they thought that there will be no resulting punishment punishment for what for their killing the messengers for their refusing to believe in them they thought nothing will happen why did they think like this we are nahnu abnaullah wa ahibbu just like many times we think I'm a Muslim. Or we think, I'm a Canadian. I live in Canada. I mean, who can say anything to me? I can say whatever. I can do many things. And this is why we cross many limits. Likewise, we believe, I'm the oldest in my family, big sister. So who can say anything to me? You know, whatever. If my younger brother is whining and crying, who cares? I'll just take whatever I want. And who cares about him? So, Many times when we're doing wrong, we think nothing will happen. It's okay, no big deal. But then what happens? Something happens. Like for example, there is a red light and a person knows that they should stop. But they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Nothing will happen. And they cross. And then all of a sudden they hear, wee, wee, wee. And they're like, oh, I never thought that would happen. I never thought that a police officer would be standing over here. Likewise, people are speeding and they think nothing will happen. And then the next thing they know, they're in a crash. So when we are doing wrong, whatever it is, whatever it is, what do we think? Nothing will happen. So, وَحَسِبُوا أَلَّا تَكُونَ فِتْنَةٌ And sometimes people commit the greatest of crimes and they think they will be fine, nothing will happen. Assalamu alaikum. I hear uh, Sheikh he saying a woman, she was saying to her husband, divorce me. She thinks so much about herself. You know how so, some women, they said divorce me to their husband so much. So she was keep saying, nagging him. He said, leave me, I want to eat. She keep going to the kitchen. She keep going, she bothered him a lot. And then he said, okay, you divorce. And then she said, that way easily you let me go. I'm that cheap. Yeah. So, so it's like they try to control others. Go ahead, divorce me, go ahead. And then what happens? They say, think you're divorced. And then they're like, oh my God, this actually happened. So anything wrong that a person is doing, big or small, they think nothing will happen. You know when a person is shooting another, killing another, what do they think? They won't be caught. They'll hide somehow. They'll get away. But then they're caught. وَحَسِبُوا أَلَّا تَكُونَ فِتْنَةٌ فَعَمُوا وَصَمُوا So they became blind and they became deaf. Meaning, that when a person thinks that nothing will happen, then he becomes blind and deaf to all the warning signs. All the warning signs. That for example, he thinks nothing will happen, police is not going to catch him, so even though he sees his speed going to 140, he says, it's okay. He sees it, 140, and he sees the big sign on the highway that says, a big warning that reminds people to stay within the speed limit, but they become blind to the warning. And what happens? Their mom is yelling at them, slow down, slow down. But they're like, no mom, it's okay. They become deaf to the warning, blind to the warning, deaf to the warning. And they go and do it. And there is fitna then. So what happened? alayhim. Then Allah turned to them in forgiveness. Allah had mercy upon them. That sometimes it happens that a person is almost in a crash. Or the police, 
They pull him over. And then what happens? They say, okay, it's your first offense, doesn't matter. They get a ticket, they fight it, and they are forgiven for it. So, ثُمَّ تَعَبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ Allah has mercy upon them. And they come out of this consequence of their wrong action, completely fine. But then what happens? ثُمَّ عَمُوا وَصَمُوا Then they go back into that same cycle. They become blind and deaf. كَثِيرٌ مِّنْهُمْ Many among them. وَاللَّهُ بَصِيرٌ بِمَا يَعْمَلُونَ And Allah is watching whatever that they are doing. So this is a very serious ayah. The lesson over here we learn is that we should always remember that our sins will have consequences. Every sin, either in the dunya or in the akhirah. Either in the dunya or in the akhirah. There will be consequences. Whoever does evil will be punished for it. Whoever does evil will be punished for it. He will be given its recompense. So sins will always have consequences. Wrong actions will always have consequences in this dunya or in the akhirah. So let's not think that we will be fine. It will be okay. No. Let's take responsibility and change our course of action. And we should remember that Allah is watching all of our deeds. And He knows what we're doing. So when He knows what we're doing, we should fear Him. Because a person might get away today, but he cannot get away tomorrow on the Day of Judgment. Let's listen to the recitation. قُلْ يَا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ لَسْتُمْ عَلَى شَيْءٍ حَتَّى تُقِيمُ التَّوْرَاةِ حَتَّى تُقِيمُ التَّوْرَاةِ وَالْإِنْجِيلَ وَمَا أُنْزِلَ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ وَلَيَزِيدَنَّ كَثِيرًا مِنْهُمْ مَا أُنْزِلَ إِلَيْكَ مِنْ رَبِّكَ طُغْيَانًا وَكُفْرًا فَلَا تَأْسَ عَلَى الْقَوْمِ الْكَافِرِينَ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَالَّذِينَ هَادُوا وَالصَّابِئُونَ وَالنَّصَارَى مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ لَقَدْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ وَأَرْسَلْنَا إِلَيْهِمْ رُسُلًا كُلَّمَا جَاءَهُمْ رَسُولٌ بِمَا لَا تَهْوَى أَنفُسُهُمْ فَرِيقًا كَذَّبُوا وَفَرِيقًا يَقْتُلُونَ وَحَسِبُوا أَلَّا تَكُونَ فِتْنَةٌ فَعَمُوا وَصَمُّوا فَعَمُوا وَصَمُّوا ثُمَّ تَابَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ ثُمَّ عَمُوا وَصَمُّوا كَثِيرٌ مِّنْهُمْ وَاللَّهُ بَصِيرٌ بِمَا يَعْمَلُونَ We see this in our lives, that sometimes we do something wrong, and we get away with it once, 
twice, thrice, and then eventually we suffer. Just a small example. And please don't mind that I'm constantly quoting lesson examples because that's the only thing that's coming to my head. This is not pre-planned. It's just coming into my head right now. That's the only reason why I'm giving these examples. Like for example, you don't do your lesson once. And the group in charge of the verse that she makes you read in the group, you get by, you survive. And the next day, same thing. And the next week, same thing. And the next week, same thing. Until the test comes. And then what happens? You feel like you can't do it. So then you don't show up. Or if you show up, you say, I'm not ready. Or if you are told that you have to take the test and you take it and then you try, but you can't do it. And if you do it, you see the results. So remember that every wrong thing we do, we will suffer because of it. We will see its consequences later on. It's like if a person gets cancer somewhere in their body, let's say in their lungs. Is it just because on one occasion they smoked? No. It's perhaps because they've been smoking for so long. So every time you do something wrong, it keeps building, 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 building. Until eventually the result is so bad that we can't survive. I was just thinking of the story of Umar radiallahu anhu, how he caught someone stealing and he said, I'm going to cut your hand now. And the person said, no, 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 it's my first time. I won't do it again. I promise, I promise. But Umar radiallahu said, it's never that you're caught the first time. It's because you've been probably doing it for so long. Yes. Because the person said, it's my first time, so please spare me. I'll never do it again. He said, no, it's not possible that it's your first time and you're caught. No, a person does something wrong over and over again. And then eventually, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gets him caught. He has him punished. So never excuse yourself that it's only the first time. No. It should never be the first time even. We should never be at that stage that we are allowing ourselves to do anything wrong. Because when we do something wrong, we will see its consequences. It's written. Alright, there's a question with regards to ayah number 68 that Say, O people of the scripture, you are standing on nothing until you uphold the law of the Torah and the gospel and what has been revealed to you from your Lord. So does this mean that people are required to observe the law of the Torah and the Injil today? No, they're not. Basically, they are being told that you claim to be religious, but you're contradicting the book. You don't follow it. You say that you believe in the book, yet you don't follow it. Because if you followed it properly, then you would believe in Muhammad wasallam. You would worship Allah alone. So it doesn't mean that they are required to follow it today. It means that they are required to believe in the Qur'an as a result of believing in the Torah and the Injil. Because whoever from the Jews and the Christians believes in Muhammad wasallam, believes in the Qur'an, then in fact he is following the scriptures because that's what they have been taught in the scripture. And if they refuse to believe in Muhammad wasallam in the Qur'an, then that means they're not following their scripture properly even. Why do you think Salman al-Farsi believed in Muhammad wasallam? Because he was following the scripture. Now, once you believe in the Qur'an and Muhammad wasallam, then you have to practice the law of the Qur'an. Not of the Torah and the Injil anymore. Why? Because that is abrogated. Abrogated by what? By the Qur'an. And remember that every verse of the Qur'an should be understood in relation to other verses. 
You should never take one verse and base your understanding on that exclusively. No, you have to relate it with other verses that contain similar meaning.